I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. On today's episode of We Belong Here, I'm chatting with Kilo Loco, aka Kyle Lee, who is a self-taught developer, programming tutorial YouTuber, and a senior developer advocate at AWS. He has several years of experience working at companies, both large and small, as well as freelance contracting. His focus is to take his experience as a developer and share them with the world, helping others to code passionately. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm happy to be here. Um, Hello to everybody that's listening. (laughs) I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. So can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Yeah. So I entered the tech industry probably about officially about four years ago in 2016. But before that, um, I was primarily working at a restaurant and I was doing all different positions from host to waiter, bartender and manager. And that uh, job I kind of held for the majority of my adult life until I became a developer. But in between, like in and out throughout the years, because I hated that job so much. (laughs) I actually was trying a lot of different things. So I ended up in um, real estate for about a year. I did car sales for like a, like three quarters of a year, telemarketing, um, just a lot of different uh, fields. And then I eventually came across programming and I really loved it and kind of made that transition and stayed in the, in the industry till this day. Oh my gosh, I love it. So you dabbled in lots of different things, sort of kind of searching for what would really hook you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so I actually started, I like right out of high school, I went to junior college where I thought I was going to be a major in psychology. And okay. I, I ended up with an associate's degree. And then I transferred over to a private university. I realized that just the school life was not for me. The The entire experience mm-hmm. was not anything what, what I expected it to be. And there was a lot of other factors that like kind of pushed me out of the university. So I ended up dropping out of mm-hmm. college and, um, you know, just trying a lot of different fields. At that time, I was working part time at the restaurant, maybe like 30 hours or so. I was doing real estate for another six hours. And then I was doing, you know, uh, college all while being part of a family. So it oh was, it was quite a lot yeah. going on. Got it. So, and none of those industries were like kind of captivated you. It sounds like enough for you to continue pursuing. So you continued searching. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them were definitely interesting. Whenever you go into one of these fields, it's definitely interesting. And then, you know, you try to make the best out of whatever industry you're in. Mm-hmm. So you try to like envision yourself, how you would grow and how that, how that path could like essentially be your long-term thing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that I was ever, you know, passionate about it, especially looking back, you know, when I was in uh, real estate, I, I had mm-hmm. one sale for a full year and it was on a lease and I ended up making $75. So 
$75 a year is kind of hard to live on. Ooh, sure <laughs> is. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, sure. That makes sense. So then how did you end up finding programming and code? Yeah. So my dad is uh, a very technical person. Um, he yeah. has built PCs. Um, he used to do like even a little bit of hacking when he was much younger and he's always been, um, around like technology, like for the majority sure. of his life. So I grew up in a household where there was always a computer. Now I didn't know anything about programming and, um, I never like went down that route, but I was always very tech savvy at a very young age. I knew about using word and you know, copying and pasting stuff and, and searching on the internet and stuff like that. So I've mm -hmm. always been very mm -hmm. tech savvy. And my dad had always told me, even at a young age, if I were to get into creating websites, that it would be like a pretty well-paying job. So me hating being at the restaurant and uh, mm -hmm. just knowing that that was not the life for me, it, it made me jump to it made me believe that I could start a business around web development and then just sell little um, little websites to businesses because in one of my previous jobs I had seen through telemarketing I had to do research on the company before giving them a call I had seen that a lot yeah. of their websites looked like they were from the 90s and I was thinking man <laughs> if I could just sell a website to this company for like 500 bucks that would be a big deal right. and I could just sell maybe like four of those a month and I'd be, I'd be making much more than what I was used to making. So yeah, that's, that's kind that's of like plan. the plan. It was, it was essentially get into development for the money and, um, you know, essentially enjoy what I'm doing at least much more than what I was doing at the restaurant. Hmm. I see. Okay. And so then how exactly did you learn, um, you know, code itself? Yeah, so I'm what we usually call in the industry as self-taught, where it's like you don't necessarily go to school for it or um, mm -hmm. you don't go to a boot camp. So everything that I pretty much learned was based off of what I could find online. I would um, I looked into iOS development and, and now the, the time frame that I'm talking about right now is early 2014. So okay. it's early 2014. I'm, I'm learning web development, HTML, CSS, and then I get to JavaScript and I just can't figure out JavaScript. I couldn't understand the, the this keyword and um, <laughs> I gave sure. up on it. So I switched over to iOS development, but I didn't fully understand iOS development. So I was learning the language Objective-C and I didn't really mm -hmm. understand how it related to actually knowing a framework which is UI kit for iOS developers. And I needed to know that framework. I was just learning the ins and outs of Objective-C itself. Yeah. And um, shortly after, maybe like a couple weeks to a couple months later, Swift was released and announced. So from there, I started learning the Swift programming language. But at this point, once I started jumping on the, the bandwagon with Swift, I kind of stopped pursuing... Um, development. And it was because I was mostly bartending yeah. at the time and I was making really good mm -hmm. money during the day for like a four or five hour shift, go home, have a good amount yeah. of money. And then I would just try to relax the rest of the day or be with the family for the rest of the day. 
Sure. And so the motivation then to like keep on with a program you're learning or teaching yourself. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it wasn't until I actually started to understand the differences with um, Mm. with a language and a framework. And then I was and the way that I was like actually learning was through blog posts and then some YouTube videos started popping up online. And then there was um, courses that started to come out on um, things like Udemy. Udacity. Um, I even tried to learn some stuff on Linda and there were like maybe a couple other places, but it was all my learning was pretty much through what I could find online and what I could pay for, for very cheap because I didn't have a whole lot of money. I was only looking to spend, you know, less than 20 bucks on any given course at any time. Mm -hmm. So those types of websites Mm -hmm. really helped me out and YouTube and, and the blog posts also helped me out. Very cool. Okay. So, so then when did you feel kind of in that learning journey? Did you feel ready to, did you start contracting and selling those websites or when did you then start, you know, applying for jobs and kind of take the plunge and say, I'm going to do this full time and, and kind of leave the restaurant. Yeah. So it wasn't until after I actually 100% completed one of the Udemy courses and, um, had gone through like some of the more extensive tutorials that I found online that I actually felt confident to start making my own apps. And I started off with a very simple app, which is still on the app store. And I leave it up there so that people can see what a first app actually looks like, even by somebody that might be considered like, oh, like a, like a higher ranking developer, just because I have a a online presence. I, I leave it up there as like motivation, like look at how crappy this app is, you can do it too. Yeah. And it's called Brain Dump. Oh, that's so thoughtful. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and the entire idea behind it was just like, if you have an iPhone and you go to the notes app, you have to tap like several screens or tap a couple of buttons just before you can start typing. And this one just opened up to a screen where you can start typing. And Got that it. was the entire idea behind <laughs> cool. it. So I released that app at, at in December of 2015. Okay. And and then like a week later, I decided to release my second app, which was just um, kind of like an accessibility app where it was literally just a, a text field where you're able to write large text onto the iPhone screen and show it to somebody sure. because it was, I built it actually for myself to use with my late great grandfather oh. who was hard of hearing. So I, I used it to communicate with him so I didn't have to yell at him in order just oh. to, to, for him to be able to hear me. So I put that one out um, in December 2015 as well. And um, that's kind of what sparked my my journey to feeling more confident. Once I had like two apps in the app store, even though they were extremely simple, it made me feel confident enough to go out there and start applying for jobs. Yeah, of course. You're like, hey, look at these apps that are in your app store. Feel free to download them. Like, check me out. It's a cool thing to have in your portfolio. It's great advice for folks that are looking to make the jump. I love it. Hello, We Belong Here listeners. Imagine a job where you can work whenever you want, on whatever you want, from wherever you want. Hello, white sand beaches of Thailand or the comfort of your own couch. Oh, and you're your own boss. Now, what if I told you that dream could become your reality? This is the life of a freelancer, and with some hard work and the help of Hectic, it could be your life too. 
Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers who are just getting started or looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Hectic is everything a freelancer needs to get started, from an easy-to-use contracts and proposal builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoices that features click-to-pay technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com slash webelonghere to learn more and start for free. Yep, adding your first client on the platform will always be free. And if you sign up through the gethecticapp.com slash webelonghere, you'll be supporting me in this podcast because who couldn't use a little extra support right now? Visit gethecticapp.com slash webelonghere to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use in the way you've always dreamed of. Okay, cool. So then where did you land at that moment? So at that moment, once again, I was lucky enough to uh, come into contact with a friend of my dad. He was already, he already had a team creating an app for him, but the team was overseas and he wanted to have somebody uh, do um, like, he wanted to consult with somebody. So I was kind of like his mobile consultant and I was doing this for free just to have like some type of experience on the resume. So that was like the very first thing that I did. And it, it only cost me maybe like an hour a week or so where I just sit down with him, talk, talk to him about the situation and, and let him know what timelines should be to implement features and things like that oh, based see. off of how I would do it. Mm-hmm. So that was some experience. And then um, my first real gig where I was actually being paid was um, maybe like two months later in mm-hmm. April of 2016. And that's when I was hired at, or I was contracted as an iOS developer. It was a, it was a, like a contract to hire type situation to where they were going to try me out for three months. And then if everything went well, I'd be brought on full time. And they were also, they had their uh, development team overseas and they were just dealing with a lot of problems in that relationship to where they needed um, somebody that was closer to home. Um, to work on their on their product. I see. Okay, cool. Uh, and I see in your LinkedIn, it looks like as though you've done a ton of, you know, instructor roles or uh, kind of educational pieces along the way as well. Well, so I do have I did do um, one in person course at um, a, an academy. I'm not sure if the academy's around anymore. Um, because it wasn't in a in a tech hub type of area. Mm, But um, I did an in-person course where uh, I took a couple of students. It was, I think it was a classroom of about six people. And what I did was I I built an entire course showing them how to go from knowing nothing about code to essentially being able to put an app into the app store. They'd be able to build out their own app. And then, um, so that was my in-person course that I did. Got it. the majority of my teaching experience is mostly through YouTube and my YouTube channel where I have tutorials covering um, how to do things in it, up until recently, it was mostly just Swift and iOS development. 
but since then it has expanded out to um, Android development and uh, Flutter. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so why exactly get involved in the teaching space? What is interesting about that part for you? So the the thing was like, I kind of always wanted to have a YouTube channel that was kind of popular. And it took actually a couple of years later until I, I, I had a realization of why mm -hmm. I wanted this. <laughs> and it was mostly because for the majority of my life, I was never around people that like appreciated the same things that I appreciated. So I was like really into video games, but my closest friends were never super into video games. And the same thing was true with development. Like I'd be into development and maybe I had a friend that was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, I've never been really <laughs> close to somebody that actually um was like passionate about development. And yeah. now that I look back on it and I, and I kind of strip away all the material things, I think deep down the entire incentive behind creating this YouTube channel was to actually have friends that were passionate about the same thing that I was passionate about. Sure. Yeah. Foster that community and find folks that are excited also about what you're pumped about. I love that. I think that that's uh, a lovely reason to <laughs> to cultivate that. So, okay, bring us to today. Can you tell me more about what you do now as a senior developer advocate at AWS? Yeah. So now I'm a senior developer advocate at AWS, and my goal is pretty much to be the ear to the community whether that be the iOS community, Android community, or Flutter community, and kind of bring in feedback on what what that community needs and try to come up with ways where the solutions that AWS provides can fit the needs of the community. So I'm on the AWS Amplify team, and AWS Amplify is like a tool set that allows you to like get up and running with like, like the back end of your app for with with all the AWS resources and you don't really need to have a strong understanding to get up and running and have a backend that works for you for things like authentication, file storage and database management. Mm, yeah, cool. Neat. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually um really cool because you know, I think that AWS has a pretty great reputation in the development community. So, you know, Definitely. being on a team where they're putting something like this out, it's it's really nice. And then also I'm given the freedom to cover and help th these communities in any way that I see fit. So a lot of my day is just built yeah. around however I think is going to be most impactful and helpful to the community. Right. And and really hear them authentically about what they're needing. And then, yeah, as you said, be the voice there at AWS so that, you know, changes are positively made that folks really are care, care about and are passionate to see happen. That's incredible. Uh, sounds like it's a really good fit. So, okay, looking back now on your journey to tech itself, what would you say kept you from entering the tech industry before the you The lack did? of awareness is like probably the number one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, I don't know anybody sure. from my natural circle that yeah. did coding was in the tech industry or anything like that. Even like, even though my dad knew how to code at one point, he was never part of like 
a community or anything like that because it was so long ago mm -hmm. and since then he had moved into hardware and had moved up mm -hmm. the ladder to like operations so he wasn't even hands-on at that point to when i actually made the switch over to to programming so just the lack of awareness yeah. i think that you know most people especially in the minority communities are just completely unaware of this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, to see your dad, it's like insular. It seems like you just do it on your own or, you know, it's a solitary role when really it isn't. And so, yeah, just getting that access point to knowing about it itself can be such a limiter. I totally relate to that. I, uh, at my coding boot camp, we call folks that didn't have anyone like in their direct to like ask questions to or like you know air the grievances of like oh the bug and the code just it's funny when you don't have anyone at home that can relate to that piece i just find it really um sometimes you're like oh or someone would understand <laughs> exactly this. it's 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 hard living a life when you're surrounded by muggles <laughs> 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 that's it to the t I, I there's that meme that went around gosh maybe a couple years ago um that <laughs> it was like what my friends think i do what i really do and yeah i mean this is definitely one of the spaces where uh it, it's just hard to explain um sometimes but i think that's the fun part about like developer advocacy though that the uh, your customers are people that are using the tech and are really kind of deeply into it. So you can kind of build community at all points. And so it's just really fun, I imagine. So yeah, I love it. it. It's an amazing, uh, it's so, an amazing, you know, position to hold. Like I was not aware of this position until, totally. um, you know, I was laid off earlier this year and then the position got extended out to me. So until, until earlier this year, I wasn't nice. even aware of developer advocacy. And it's a perfect match mm -hmm. for me. So it yes. found you. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think building out your YouTube space, it's a, it makes a, a natural next step. Um, but gosh, yeah, sorry to hear about that. That's, um, that's rough during a pandemic for sure. Yeah, it definitely came as a shocker to me. You know, I thought uh, the engineers were the among the untouchables in companies when it came to sure. to layoffs, but uh, that was not true. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I had to uh, experience that, but I try to keep a positive outlook on it. And luckily the next yeah. day after I had released a video uh, talking about my experience being laid off, I had a DM mm -hmm. in Twitter uh, thanks to the community. And, um, you know, I ended up with this job led you to where you are now. So I think that's an incredible way to have or perspective to have an outlook to have on it. Uh, so yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing that. So okay, let's see. How would you say your prior life, you know, in, in the restaurant industry or in real estate and all the things in between? Do you see that those things sort of help you in your role as the developer advocate today? In ways they do. But it's also kind of hard because they're, they're, they're vastly different paths, right? Sure. But I think that some of the ways that they did help was being in the in the restaurant industry, I'm constantly dealing with customers, right? And this is like face-to-face -face interactions. So you kind of get mm -hmm. a respect for how people think, especially when they're hungry. <laughs> so when they really want something, you kind of think about <laughs> it a little bit differently and you got to... Uh, you gotta, oh, uh, so you true. have to provide a little bit quicker. So, um, you know, being in a fast paced environment, I mean, man, I was like doing, 
I think I was wearing my watch at one point and on, on the busiest nights I was doing close to like nine miles or something like that, walking all around the restaurant. Oh my God. And, um, yeah, yeah, like just being in a fast paced environment, being able to handle pressure and things like that have definitely helped. But also when I was a manager at a restaurant, um, it helped me understand that I need to lead by example as opposed to just giving orders because when somebody was promoted to manager at that restaurant, you would kind of see that they would go on a power trip and, you know, mm-hmm. they would just start dishing out orders and that wasn't the type of person I wanted mm-hmm. to be. So it, it made it, I think that mm-hmm. was one of the most influential things about my experience in the restaurant was when I became a manager, I wanted to lead by example, and I never told anybody to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself or that I didn't just do myself maybe a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a valuable thing to remember in this industry as well. So yeah, I think that definitely transfers. Hello, We Belong Here listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by the new We Belong Here Discord community. I recently have been thinking about ways to continue the conversation with guests after each episode, to foster our community, share resources, and stay connected to both the guests and listeners. And I'm excited because we've created a We Belong Here Discord server. What is Discord, you might be asking? Well, it's a voice, video, and text communication service to talk and hang out with your friends and communities. I know, neat, right? It will be a place for us to connect, share resources, mentor, and build community together. Everyone is welcome, and it promises to be an incredibly inclusive space. It's important to me that everyone has an inclusive community where everyone feels welcome and supported. And this could be yours. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in joining, please do. The link to join is bit.ly slash we belong discord. That's bit.ly forward slash we belong discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Or find a link in my bio on Twitter or Instagram at Lolo Coding. I'm super excited to see you there. Can you share any life lessons that you've learned from your transition to tech? Um, you know, it's it's kind of all I could really say about my transition to tech is that code has changed my life. It has completely huh. changed my life, and that's why um, I wanted to kind of give back to the community and provide resources that make it easier for people right. to learn how to code. Because I was making yeah. around. I don't know, $27,000, $28,000 a year at a restaurant. And when I got mm-hmm. my first job as an iOS developer, even though I was underpaid considerably for that, for this industry in that area, which was Santa Monica, I was considerably, considerably underpaid. Mm. I was still being paid three times as much as I was making at the restaurant. And that was, that did massive things for That's me wild. and my family. And it helped me make my dreams a reality because of that. So that that transition has really opened my eyes to what code can do for somebody. And I mm-hmm. want to try to give that mm-hmm. to as many people as possible um, and, and try to make mm-hmm. people aware of of pr- like be, becoming a developer because it could change your life too. 
pay it forward. And back to that, you know, awareness or access point of like, hey, look, this is an option for folks. And, you know, it, we don't need to have uh, necessarily the four year degree or this like traditional path into it, that there are other routes and ways to, uh, you know, learn on the side and build a portfolio, build an app so that then <laughs> you're able to take those two employers and, and, and demonstrate, you know, uh, work that is, you know, desirable. And yeah, it just totally opens doors for people. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I really like the path that I went down mm -hmm. because I feel like it's such a normal path. It's mm -hmm. like to have, and, and when I say my path, I mean somebody that grew up not being in the technical space, hasn't been programming since they were 10 or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> they came across development as um, somebody that was a full-blown adult that had already an entire life that they were living and stumbled into the, the field, didn't have a degree, didn't have any like technical connections really to, to get them into that job. And, you know, they might be a minority, somebody that's not uh, like one of these prominent identities in the tech field, mm -hmm. whether that be, you know, a, a, a woman or just a person of color. And, you know, I like the fact that I have an online presence and I can show people that if I can do it, then you can do it too. And look at me, I'm not the most professional person out there. I'm not, I'm not the person with the CS degree and I am able to do these things and yeah. I know that you can do it. And I'm, I, I'm trying to help give you some resources, resources to get you there too. Mm, I love it. It's incredible. And thank you for doing that. Let's see. Can you tell me about a time that you felt like an outsider and maybe how you deal with those feelings? Well, it's kind of interesting because like, I haven't felt like an outsider too often, like, like not on a day-to-day -day basis, I guess, but it's like usually when I enter into a new space, I guess. And I think that's kind of natural for almost everybody. But the, the thing that is kind of more prominent is the fact that I'm sometimes the darkest person in the room mm -hmm. in, in terms of skin tone. Right. Um, I've only, I've only actually met a handful of black developers. Um, I've only met a handful of Mexican developers because I'm, I'm black and um, I'm half Mexican or quarter Mexican, quarter Colombian. And um, it's just, it's, it's different when you're going into a room and you're the only person that looks that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that maybe as a woman, you probably felt the same mm -hmm. situations. I'm sure that you've been in rooms where it's nothing but men. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, these, these settings, while everything is usually fine on the surface, it's just sometimes it leads to when something doesn't go the right way, or there's like an unknown reason why somebody's treating you a specific way, mm -hmm. it makes you kind of question what is the basis behind that? Like, did I do something or is it because of who I am? And, um, there's not there's not a whole lot that I have been able to do to overcome that. Luckily, it hasn't been um, consistent. But overall, it's like try to resolve the issue, um, try to talk to that person. And then if if there's no issue to be acknowledged, supposedly, 
then, um, you know, just kind of try to avoid it. Now that's not the best advice that, that somebody should be hearing, but I don't, I honestly don't know what is the best thing to do in some of these situations, to be honest. Yeah. And, and it's your personal experience, right? And that that's totally valid in itself. Uh, do you have any advice for those who are wanting to transition into tech that you can share? Yeah, um, I would say understand that it is a long path to go down mm-hmm. and that it can definitely be difficult. People, people everybody is different and everybody's going to learn at a different speed. So if you know somebody that's learning faster or excel, uh, excelling much faster than you, then I would say understand that they may have something that that helps them mm-hmm. learn faster than you just naturally, or maybe they have resources that you don't have access to, right. but to keep at it. So overall, like stay persistent about it. And then also it would be try to find something that you really enjoy because if you don't if you don't love coding itself and you want to make coding your career then try to tie coding into the thing that you do love so let's say that you love gardening or something like that maybe you can make a gardening app and Mm -hmm. then that will help that will that will help you move forward and stay motivated to move forward to learn new things and improve your skill set yeah, I think the passion is so important, especially early on as you're learning and, you know, kind of diving into this new topic. Uh, it, it's great advice, especially when building an app or a website or anything in particular, the content that you're kind of, you know, curating it around or the idea itself, it's very helpful for it to be something that you're passionate about because yeah. you're going to be a couple, you know, weeks or maybe even months in. And it's like, if you're not stoked about what the end result's going to look like, like those aren't, it's not going to be finished. Those projects always end up kind of fizzling or dying. It's like a graveyard in your GitHub sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, no, I, I appreciate you, you saying that. So, okay, go ahead make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? So like I mentioned um, earlier, I think that any front end developers that are looking to build like a, a full end to end app should definitely go check out AWS Amplify. Um, it works on almost any front end platform that you that you can think of. So if you could um, go over to AWS Amplify, check out your check out whatever platform that you're most interested in mm. and go through that that getting started. Um I'd really appreciate that because I'm looking to hear some feedback on how we can make things easier and better for developers. Ah, very cool. Okay, I'll absolutely include that in the show notes. And where can people find you online? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Kilo underscore Loco. That's K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. Or you could just Google Kilo Loco and I'm, I'm, I should be the number one result for most of that page. <laughs> the search engine has been optimized. Okay. Very oh, yes. cool. <laughs> Smart. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your journey and your wisdom and advice uh, with the listeners. We so, so appreciate you. I really appreciate be- being here. Thank you so much, Lauren. Of course. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. And that's a wrap on today's episode. I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. 
shoot me an email, or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.